I have a pastor friend of mine that a couple of weeks ago, before the service even began, he, he started to have this sense that it should be a moment of prayer for people in, in the congregation. So he asked if anybody had a need and almost, he couldn't even get the words out of his mouth before someone in the back row jumped up and said, I, I do, I do, Pastor, you, you need to pray for me today. And so the pastor said, okay, so what do you need prayer for? He says, I have this, I have this compulsive disorder. And, and the pastor's thinking, well, I'm not so sure I want him to share this, but, uh, <laughs> but it was already out. And so he said, I, have this, I, I can't stop giving money away. I just, I, I'm, I'm compelled to give money away when people come up to me and they ask me, for money, I just can't stop. And I'm, and I'm giving money away like it's growing on trees. I'm just emptying out my bank account. I just, I can't stop doing it. And the pastor was, he was, he was very moved, of course, and he said, you know, this is, this is a desperate need, and we're going to pray for this bro- brother as soon as we take a collection. although that was an obvious attempt at humor, there's something about a generous, giving heart. Again, I think it's great that a heart could be so generous and that it wants to give itself away, that a human heart really wants to give itself away. And often it gives itself away to, to things that are not good, to things that, are, that will take advantage of it, that will rob from it. But the Father God has designed the human heart in, in order to be able to do that. So let's just pray for that again. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you that you're going you're gonna to minister to our two sisters. That you, but we pray that you will minister to us right now, Father. That you empty me of me. That you speak your words. That you would speak your heart. And that, so that we can understand what it means to have your heart in, in place of ours. Uh, we need that. We need that desperately, and we want it, we desire it, and we ask you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I want to talk about, no, last, last week we talked about the power of praise, that praise, it gets noticed. You know, we, we used the, the story of Paul and Silas in prison, and when they began to praise... Everyone, they said, all the prisoners noticed. We talked about the power of praise shaking things up. There was an earthquake that, that, that took all the shackles off of everybody, that, that, that opened the doors, and the prisoners could have been just run out free. We talked about how the power of praise makes the presence of God known. And we talked about how the power of praise heals, brings healing, brings freedom. We also talked about how... The Jewish mindset was that, that they would take moments throughout the day, a hundred times a day, to purposely thank God, to offer up a thanksgiving to God. I had someone tell me today that they actually tried that. They actually tried to put that into practice. And what a challenge it was to purposely take time out of the day just to say, thank you for something. Thank God for something. But how this whole thing, that all this stuff was supposed to translate into what our whole lifestyle as a follower of Jesus Christ was to be a lifestyle of thanks living. 
that this was supposed to be our, our set point. This is supposed to be our default setting. That this was not supposed to be something unusual for us. That living a life of thanks living is really what it's meant for us as his followers. So today I want to talk about the power of a grateful heart. The power of a grateful heart. So we're going to go to Colossians, if you would. The second chapter. Verse 6 and 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Rooted. That word means become stable. Become stable. And built up in Him. That word actually means building on a foundation that's already there. But it also means that you're being raised up as a child. Established in the faith. Made firm. Made secure. In the faith. Just as you were taught. Abounding. Again, last week we talked about abounding. This means super abounding. Over the top, out of control, immense, abounding in thanksgiving. That word thanksgiving there is kind of a, really struck me. The word actually means grateful language. Grateful language. It sounds like worship to me. It sounds like worship. When you talk about grateful language... What's the scripture says in Psalm, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's worship. Grateful language is worship. But there's a little word between abounding and thanksgiving that's just that little word in. And I think as people who are masters of the English language, and some of us who are not, we skip over that little word in. And we, we just... It's just, a, it's just a word that carries us from one word to another. But that word is very powerful in the Greek. It actually means in a state of rest. A position. Grateful language, abounding in thanksgiving, abounding in gratefulness, abounding in praise to God, is our normal position for a follower of Jesus Christ, for someone who's been rooted, who's been made stable, for someone who has been established, built upon a sure foundation, being raised up as sons and daughters. This is our, this is our restful position. Our restful position is to be in a mode of thanksgiving, thanksgiving. It's a powerful word, that little word, in. And we skip over it sometimes, but there's power in understanding what these words mean to us and to study them and to realize when we're in something, we are really in someone. We're in Him. So I am just kind of overwhelmed 
the past couple of days and last night especially, God was really working on my heart about being grateful is really understanding how good God is. See, having a grateful heart is really understanding how good God is. And we talked about, you know, last week we said that, that gratefulness is really the memory muscle of our heart. Okay? It's something that I like to say and remind myself. I remind myself of all the goodness, all the things that God has done for me, the things that he's brought me out of, the way he's delivered, how he's made me well. And I am overwhelmed with his goodness. So it, thankfulness comes out of that place, that position of being in him. We're, we're established. We're, we've been made stable. We've been built on a foundation that is so sure that cannot be shaken. Of course, our natural position would be one of thanks. The old English word for thank, just for the word thank, means I will remember what you've done for me. Wow. That's... Pure in its simplicity. I will remember what you have done for me. So we remember what God has done for us. And out of those remembrances, out of those memories, out of those things that we said, man, memory with God did that for us. Grateful language comes from out of here to our lips. And we could sing songs of praise. So I want to talk about the power of a grateful heart. And you say, well, what is the power of a grateful heart? Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn to Psalm 28. I'm going to read verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In Him my heart trusts. And I am helped, my heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to him. A grateful heart is joyful. A grateful heart is joyful. It exults. This word here, trust, in him my heart trust, means to be bold in confidence. To be bold in your confidence and to be hid in someone, and that someone is God. That you're so confident in God that you are hiding within Him. You're bold about it. You're confident about it. And I am helped. That word help means to be surrounded and protected. To be surrounded and protected. And because I trust in Him, because I'm hidden in Him, and because I'm confident in Him, my heart is joyful. My heart is joyful. And with my song, I will give thanks to Him. Grateful language to Him. The word thanks, we, we already learned that last week. No, that word thanks was... The Hebrew word was yada. Remember that? The outstretched hand. The outstretched hand saying, Father, I'm out. I, I know you're higher than I am. I'm reaching out to you. This becomes a prayer 
This becomes a confession. And this becomes praise. That's what that word means. So, a grateful heart is a joyful heart. Okay, a grateful heart is a giving heart. If you go to Deuteronomy 15.10. Deuteronomy 15.10. It's a scripture, a passage talking about the poor and how to treat the poor. Give generously to them and do so without grudging. And that word means grieving or spoiled. And do so without a grudging, grieving, spoiled heart. Can I say ungrateful? Give generously to them and do so without a grudging, grieving, spoiled and ungrateful heart. And then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything that you put your hand to. What a blessing. What a promise. That if our heart is a giving heart, if that our heart is prepared to give, that it's ready to give, that it's in a natural state of ready to give itself out, that Father God is going to bless everything that our hand touches. That's a pretty powerful promise. That's an awesome promise. I kind of see that that's kind of what's happening. You know, it's already a miracle that the Thanksgiving community dinner is at, it's, it hasn't even happened yet, but it's almost, it's a miracle that it's even gotten this far. Civic organizations, businesses, churches, numbers of them, of, of just plain individuals gathering together to bless the community. It's never happened before. In this community. I have to believe that it's because that hearts are ready to give. And God said, I'm going to bless your hand, whatever you touch. It's amazing. It's an amazing promise. And I see it repeated in in the New Testament in Second Corinthians nine, seven through eight. Each one of us must do as he has purposed in his heart. Not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound, superabound, to you so that you will have all sufficiency. That is such a complex word that the Greek word for, is actually words. Okay, It means this. That word sufficiency means a perfect condition of life in which no aid or support is needed. That's a lot of words. But that's mirroring this whole promise in Deuteronomy. That everything that your hand touches, I'm going to bless. So having all sufficiency, everything, a perfect condition of, of all things that you need, that you might have an abundance, that you might superabound for every good deed. If our heart is ready to give, God's got it covered. He's already going to supply what you need in order to be able to give the give. God's got the whole picture. All we have to do is be willing to have a giving heart. To be a cheerful giver. 
got to tell you this story, how I learned this a few years ago. At another church that we were attending, there was this, we're going to call him Sam, there was this, this older man named Sam. Sam was from Jordan. He was, he, he was Arabic. He was in his mid-50s. He was attending a church that was mostly white, mostly young couples. He didn't fit in right at that. He also didn't fit in a lot of ways because his social lubrication was down the court. Okay? He, didn't, he didn't know how to fit in. He was always saying the wrong thing or acting a w- wrong way, just a little bit on borderline rude. If you were talking to someone, he would evade your conversation. He didn't know about personal space. You know, but I liked him a lot. We hit it off. Maybe because I'm rude? No, I don't know. But, uh, but we hit it off really well. I mean, we, we had the same kind of sense of humor. We liked to talk about music. And for some reason, he took to calling me pastor. I wasn't a pastor back then. But for, in his mind, he loved the way I taught. And so in his mind, I was a pastor. And he was going to call me a pastor. And it didn't matter anyways. So, um, but the one thing about Sam was he was a giver. He gave those encouraging words. You know, he was always encouraging with those kind of things. But, but he wanted to give you gifts. And so he would give all kinds of gifts. I mean, he gave me watches. He gave me a watch because he, he said, you don't wear a watch. You must need a watch. And oh, by the way, uh, I have, there's a woman's version of those. So you and your wife can have matching watches. He gave us shoes. He brought in shoes. None of them fit us, but he brought us shoes. He would bring, he didn't live anywhere near us, but he would show up at our house with bread and pastries, eggs. He brought us candy-coated chickpeas, (laughs) which nobody wants because no one needs. He was a giver. He would just give. And the, one, the beautiful thing about his gifts was this, because every time he gave you something, he would say these words, I was thinking of you. I was thinking of you. Aren't those words beautiful? I, I didn't need watches. They didn't even, you know, they, I have a skinny rich. Most of them don't fit me. So the, the, watches, the shoes, they, like I said, none of them fit us. I could certainly buy eggs. I could certainly buy bread, and I could certainly buy pastries. I didn't need any of those gifts that, that, that Sam would give. But it was the thought about it. It was the, the preciousness of, that, of that, those words. I was thinking of you that got me every time Fred offered something. Did I change his name from said to Sam? You could call him whatever you like. <laughs> But neither one of those is his name, so it doesn't really matter. You can make up your own name for him in your head. It's okay. Samfred. Samfred. I could just say that because that will meld this whole story together. Yeah. He didn't have a son, though. Anyways, one day, Samfred came to church with a brand-new leather coat. And it was a really nice leather. It looked really good on him. And he was so proud of it. He was showing me, you know, this thing. He goes, but, you know, someone told me if I went out in the rain with a leather coat, you know, it, it could get ruined. 
I said, well, I know how to take care of that. I have a leather coat. You know, you get some saddle soap and you apply it on there and it protects it. He goes, what is, what is this saddle soap? And uh, uh, he's not French, although, you know, that sounded like that. <laughs> Arabic. He was Arabic. I can't do that. I can't do a French accent either, but that's okay. So I, I started to tell him what saddle soap was, and he said he didn't know how to find anything. And so then, we, then the conversation morphed into something else, but I had an idea. It was going to be my mission that week to buy some saddle soap for him. So I did. I found the biggest can of saddle soap that I could possibly find. And I was so excited. I could not wait for Sunday to come so I could give him this can of saddle soap to, you know, just, to, just to, so he'd be surprised. And so, you know, got there. We, him and I usually set up coffee. And so I said, hey, Sanford, I was thinking of you. And I handed him this can of saddle soap. He, it was like I gave him a bar of gold. He's welling up. He is just shaking with to surprise that someone actually was thinking of him and handed him a gift. So he's near crying his eyes off. And he's just saying, thank you. And then he starts to kind of look at his feet and he's shuffling like he's putting this, like he wants to tell me something. I said, well, well what's up? He goes, well, I, I, I don't need it anymore. I go, why? He goes, I gave the leather coat away. <laughs> he gave the leather coat away. And he was happy about it. Like I said, Fred was not socially... You know, Fred Sanford. His name has changed many times throughout this story for those who have just entered into the congregation. Sanford. I, I want to say his name so bad, you know that, and that's, that I'm trying really hard not to say his name. Not that it wouldn't matter to him, but... Sanford would never, ever be able to teach a class at this church that we were going to. He was never going to be able to lead a small group. He certainly was never going to be able to get up in front of the congregation and preach a sermon. But boy, didn't he teach us a lesson about giving, about being cheerful, about giving, about being ready to give at a moment, anything that he had. It reminds me of a story of someone in our church at the co-driver. I'm not going to point that person without name. Now, either. When a certain person who came to the coat drive and couldn't find a coat to fit them, that person offered the coat off their back to that person. Those are things. Remind me of what being grateful is about. Having a joyful heart. Having a giving heart. Because this means that we have his heart. And he has ours. So we can have a joyful heart. That could be one of the powers of our heart is to have a joyful heart. That we have a giving heart. That is just ready to be generous. 
ready to be generous, knowing that God will supply everything that we need in order to, to make sure that gift happens. Wow. This is the beauty of this thankful language. This, this set point, this default setting of our hearts, that's the way it's got to be, should be, needs to be. So that it is easy to, to thank God a hundred times a day or more. That our heart is always in a continuous state of thanking Him because it's worshiping Him. So thank you, Sanford, wherever you are. Finally, a grateful heart is a secure heart. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. I think in order to have a joyful heart, in order to have a giving heart, your heart needs to be secure. Do not be anxious, troubled, or worried about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, the same word, grateful language. Let your request be known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard, hem in, and protect with a garrison of soldiers. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. His peace makes our hearts secure. His presence makes our heart joyful. And His giving heart teaches our heart how to give. If The master of all that there is is guarding our heart, is securing our heart. It is free to be joyful, and it is free to be giving. I am thankful for all of you in my life. I am certainly thankful for all that you teach me by the things that you express about what you learn about God, what you're experiencing God. And through your tough times and your joyful times, every one of you has taught me something, and I am grateful for it. I'm grateful for the friendships that I have in this building. I am thankful. And thankful for my wife who loves me desperately and for my children who love me. I am thankful for God who redeemed me over 50 years ago from a dark place and brought me into the light. So I say thanks to God and to all of you. I remember what you have done for me. Can I just encourage you today to find ways to express your thankfulness to God? No matter how small it is, just thank God. Have a grateful language in the way that you express that towards your spouse, to your kids, to your friends, to the people you meet on the street. Have a grateful language. See, because 
Our hearts are meant to be joyful. Our hearts are meant to be giving. Our hearts are meant to feel secure. This just said so. His word just said so. It repeats those messages over and over again. See, thankfulness and gratefulness is meant to free us. To empty ourselves of ourselves. And to remind ourselves how good God is. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your words. Thank you for your, your heart towards us that you desire for us to know you. So we pray, Father, that you would help us develop a, a joyful heart, a heart that gives and, and a heart that knows that it is secure in you. We are blessed that you're our Messiah. We are blessed that you're our God. We are blessed that you're our Father. We are blessed that we have people around us that love us. We are blessed that we have food to eat, clothes on our back, money in our bank accounts. Maybe not much, but we have money in our bank accounts. We have so much to be thankful for. We have laughter. We laugh today. That's joy. We thank you for that. So I pray for all of us here as we leave and the various things that we must do today, let it be filled with thankfulness in our hearts towards you. That we might use grateful language in wherever we go. And whatever our hands touch, that you will bless because it honors your name. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.